The Geeks are back and we are live at Elliot Maisie's Learning 2018 conference in Orlando, Florida. Stay tuned and find out what we are thinking about the conference, what we're going to be presenting on, and some more tips and tricks for Learning 2018. It's the Learning Geeks coming at you now. It's great that the Seagulls music is louder than the Disney music that we're hearing coming from the bathrooms outside. Yeah, it's, it's always a fun thing when you walk into the restroom. And you have, it's a small world playing in the background. There's music everywhere. There is. Oh, it's right. There's it's music everywhere. A, it's hard to find a quiet place. Hey, Bob, you neglected to mention we have a special guest with us today. We do. We have another special guest, and it's kind of hard to call her a special guest because she's not like a guest star. She's kind of. Well, she's, she's a kind star. of. A, she's a geekette. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I mean, that's a gender bias term, but which is not really cool nowadays. But then I keep thinking about like Smurfette was the best Smurf, right? <laughs> she was the ringleader. She really was. Exactly. So Michelle Voiko, ladies and gentlemen, from our team joining us. Quick round of applause. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't have a sound effect. We don't have the sound effect for that. Oh, bummer. So Michelle, why don't you do a quick, probably a quick intro? Yeah, probably great. Tell us who you are. Yep, so hi everyone. My name's Michelle, and I've been on the team for quite some time, but haven't got to participate in our podcast, and excited to be here. I've uh, been doing lots of research around different topics, so blockchain, which we'll talk about here in a bit, um, doing some of the futurism research for learning in the future, and just generally geeking out like the geek I am. Great. So what I thought we would do today is let's start off by talking about this conference. So kind of the assumption is you might be listening to this before you really jump into the conference if you're attending, but we'll also try to make it a little bit not that specific to the conference so you can enjoy it even if you're not going to be here. We'll try right. doing it that way. Yep. Um, and so we're going to start talking about the sessions that we're going to be presenting at. I'd say, why don't you start? Because Michelle, because right. you just started talking about blockchain. Do you want to <laughs> yes. go ahead and dive in on that one and tell us about that? Yeah, so a little interesting on the blockchain topic. It was one of those topics that we started researching about six to eight months ago to really understand how can blockchain be applied to learning, and then it evolved into talent, then it evolved into HR, and you know, pretty soon we found out there's a lot of interesting applications. And so we're going to be speaking about the topic purely from a beginner standpoint. What is blockchain? What are the things that you really need to understand and what problems can it solve for you? So we're going to go through some fun exercises. Um, and that session is 310 and it's Monday at 1.30. So we hope you can join us. Uh, we've got a big room and lots of fun activities. Well, I learned during that session why my Bitcoin investment that I made in December of last year for $100 is now worth $43. Your, your crypto kitties? Yeah. Was that the crypto kitties? <laughs> <laughs> So I'm sure there's a lot of people out there like me who understand what blocks are and they understand what chains are. So I think if you combine those two, that probably puts me at a proficiency level of about one on a scale <laughs> of one to five. So I think it'll be a really interesting so, session. So the thing is, is I'm also going to be helping out with the blockchain. I'm calling myself the blockchain apprentice because I have not like driven, like gone into the research at all, really, other than, at the level that Michelle has. So I'm calling myself the blockchain apprentice. And... I, um, it, well, there are some blocks and some chains, I guess, involved, if you want to say that. But the one <laughs> thing that I've learned the most is that you have to think of it just like the f actual framework of the internet that a lot of, we have kind of forgot about because it's just there. But it's, to me, it's the framework of what, how the internet works. 
and, you know, and you know, Ralph is about to wreck it. that whole thing. Disney reference. Disney reference, exactly. Ching. Yeah, this episode cr- of Learning Podcasts, <laughs> sponsored by Disney. <laughs> Not really. Because we're here. Yeah. Yeah, but it is interesting because it's going to be one of those technologies that's very pervasive, but it's going to be in the background and there's going to be a lot of technologies, AI, machine learning, those types of technologies building off the top of it. So it will be one of those things that becomes very in the background, but is enabling a lot of what we do. Because imagine if you take away the internet, you can't connect your phone, you can't do, you know, there's just so many things that you can't do. And so there's a lot of opportunity to it's just one of those things where it's not going to be like a vr or anything that you can really play with and see it's one of those it's one of those emerging technologies that it's totally behind the scenes and yeah again it's a perfect thing like with with it's the puppet master yeah but speaking about vr michelle are you going to talk about vr because kind of it wouldn't be accenture at a Maisie conference (laughs) at least one of us wasn't talking about vr Yeah, and there's a lot of great topics this year on VR, and I'm excited to see kind of how the evolution of how they're changing is. Uh, A couple years ago at the conference, it was just high-risk, high-cost scenarios with virtual reality, and now it's really starting to shift into how can we apply it to soft skills? How can we think about it differently? And that's really what the angle is that we're taking for our session is we started researching what are, you know, the researchers saying about blockchain, what are they talking about? What problems are they running into? What problems are they solving for? And so we really stood on the shoulders of those giants to ask the question, how can we use virtual reality to improve inclusive behaviors? How can we use VR in the long term to further reinforce and make those learning experiences more durable? So we're going to be talking about a research experiment that we did for inclusion and diversity, very proof of concept based. And that's going to be Wednesday at 9 a.m. So a nice way to kind of it's a reason to stay yes, the last day. It is. It's a reason <laughs> to stay, yeah. and it's a nice, fun way. You get to play with the technology a little bit. You get to, you know, kind of learn some of our lessons learned before you go into the final session. You know, so many of these things we're talking about, the blockchain and the VR, and there are other things, too, that are there. Some of them are still in the hype cycle. And what's fun about being at a conference like this is you start to see some realistic and practical applications of these technologies, or you get into discussions with people who are thinking, you know, pretty hard about it, which is great. Uh, and it uh, it ends up leading to things that you can actually do. And it takes it off the hype cycle. Then. Yeah. And one of the big lessons learned, because, Bob, you also have the session on VR, is just how important. You've got to remember it's not about the technology. It's about the story that you're telling. Yeah, that's right. So did you want to talk more about that, well, I was Yeah, I was going to say, because I'm also another apprentice on that one. Um, <laughs> you have uh, a role. See, I apprentice do, is another uh, appropriate it's Disney It's funny, term, this, right? this, this year I have, I have a really, I have a, a couple of one. I'm, I'm another apprentice for Dana's too. And, and, and all. Yeah, I, that's what I should say. You I should, should say Padawan. That's more like me. But yeah, with the VR, with the VR one, um, I, I just, I think with a lot of the work that, especially that our team does with research and innovation, the session, these sessions are sometimes hard because when we are telling a story, sometimes we're just telling a story of our experiments, of our research, and maybe we don't have anything completely refined, but at least starts to get people to think about, okay, is this the right application for it? And you know what? We did some testing, and maybe we found some good things, some bad things, whatever, but we can at least have a discussion about it rather than have this full-on perfect solution for people to share. Yeah, and it's an informed discussion, which yeah. is uh, the critical Yeah, part. and I think that's the best part, is you get to these conversations, you can make great connections with people, and you're you're just sharing your knowledge, your insights from that perspective, which is really incredibly helpful. 
Right. So one of the applications of virtual reality that I am most passionate about is in virtual reality filmmaking or immersive 360 3D filmmaking. And we experimented with doing that for leadership development. And so what I have done for the session today is I've brought in the guy who we worked with named Elliot Kotek from the Nation of Artists. He is one of the uh, the most prominent virtual reality filmmakers in the world. And he worked with us and he's a great guy. And so he is going to talk about what he knows about making movies in virtual reality. But then we're going to turn a corner a little bit and we're going to talk about how anybody can get started and experiment with doing a virtual reality movie for less than a thousand dollars. It's really easy to do. But the key lesson there is going to be hey, listen, give it a try. You know, you can make a small investment. You can give it a try. You can see how it works with your people. And you can see if you want to follow up further from there. And, and Bob, what is it that you were trying to accomplish with the leadership development? Well, what we wanted to do was to create or to promote our new leadership model. We wanted to make connections between the people who were watching the video and some leaders who we thought were exemplars of our leadership behaviors. So we made little documentaries where we focused on them talking about leadership and their approach so that you would watch that and you would be like, wow, that person is really cool. I want to be like that person. And I know what that looks like. So the 360 movie is really like it's a mini documentary, but you because it's in 360, you can look at the person being interviewed or you can turn around and see pictures. on. You can wall see the or, environment. Uh, mm-hmm. We put a little East, a few Easter eggs in there and stuff like that. But really, the key part about it is that you feel like you're actually there across the table talking to the person and it builds a sense of connection and empathy. Yeah, unlike think, any other I think mode. it's important to bring that up because a lot of times people think of VR experiences being with avatars and with all sorts of other yep. things. Right. So this, this is a, a, like a different genre of VR, which is That's awesome. That's right. Yeah, which is great because you get both perspectives between the sessions because ours, because we knew it was something that we were going to potentially need to scale to 450,000 plus people, we used CGI. So we have the digital avatars that you're interacting with in that because then it's easier to replace the scenarios, update the characters, change the characters, do all of that. Where the 360 was such a personal experience. You just felt like you were there with that experience. So you'll get to see both. You'll get to see both types. So Dana, what do you got on the docket? You know, everybody at this conference is here because they're trying to understand more things about learning, right? Obviously. And they're here because they want to learn things that are going to help them to be better uh, and to be better in the future. So Mm. uh, we wanted to find that same thing out. What we did is we interviewed and had discussions with over 40 different uh, experts, some of them learning visionaries, but also neuroscientists and academic partners, business leaders. Uh, We talked with interns, uh, and we just ended up with a significant amount of insights that uh, then kind of coalesced into what we are calling our eight findings for learning in the future. And the insights focus on what learning in the future will be like, not what the future of learning will be. And that's a subtle shift in words, but when you think about it, if you have learning first, learning is the verb, and it's the action, and that's really what we wanted to focus on. What's, what will the activities be like? What will the action of the learner? So from the brain scientists, we learned that we only know about half of what we know about how the brain learns, which means there's going to be more paid to that, more attention paid to that. Uh, so we're going to uh, we're going to share all eight findings, but we're going to do a deeper dive into about four of them, and the deeper dive will involve some discussions at tables and things like that. So collectively, the group that will participate will help us 
with our research, help us to further it and advance it. That's great. And when and where is that session, Dana? So, Bob, the session is from 8 until 9 Tuesday morning. And I'm glad you said that because I forgot to say earlier, my VR movie session is going to be Tuesday morning at 11.15 in Fiesta 8. So the Learning in the Future one, again, another pad one. I changed it this time, right? So another pad one, which I'm really excited for. Um, I'm kind I, of I'm, being typecast here. <laughs> I am. I am. You know what? I'm okay with that because okay. it, it's fine. But, you know... <laughs> I know I didn't my my sessions that I put in there did not get approved. So if Brooke, if you're listening, <laughs> you can't show, see, show you, some love. You can't see my face, but no, I'm just kidding. No, I'm, I'm I enjoyed being kind of uh, the pad one for everything, but yeah, I'm I'm really excited about this one. Um, I think there's just so much good. Uh, the the findings that are coming out of this are so strong, and I think there's a lot of talk to talk about. I'm kind of bummed that it's only 50, 60 minutes or whatever we have, but. Um, I think whenever we're able to share this out eventually, I think it's going to be great for anybody out there. Yeah, and that's a good point. So th- th- eventually we're going to be able to share this out more broadly. Right now it's internal research and we can share a little bit, but uh, we're working on a way that we can share it more broadly. One, one last thing before we move on to the next one, and that is that a lot of these findings really focus on, again, the learner. And so the very first finding is about how the learner themselves will be changing in the next two to five years. So we'll have a good discussion around that, gather some research, and I uh, appreciate that Jake and Michelle will be helping out with that session as well. And it, would, it wouldn't be Florida, though. I don't know if you guys can hear this, but it wouldn't be Florida if it didn't start downpouring in the middle of the afternoon. And I'm sure it'll stop here in five minutes. So if you guys <laughs> yeah, hear that, we we're not that. in the bathroom, just so you guys know. <laughs> yeah. we're, we're somewhere where the you can The music is in the bathroom. We're outside <laughs> of it. That's right. So, okay, so let's see. We've kind of been jumping around. Um, I have two more that I'm talking about. So... One is I'm going to have a session about our immersion neuroscience sensors that we've been working with. I will actually have Paul Zach, the founder of Immersion Neuroscience and the neuroscientist who kind of figured all this out, co-presenting with me. And we talked about this on the last couple of well, two, two podcasts we did. ago. So I, I, was, I don't yeah. need to get too deep into what it is, but what will be fun about that session is we will actually be bringing 30 sensors in and we will get some volunteers and we'll put the sensors on them. And then during the session, we're going to play and experiment with some techniques that I've been learning over the last few sessions where I've monitored it of what you can do during a learning event to get people more immersed and making sure that they're engaged through the session and all that. And then we'll be able to see it live. So that should be really fun. If you've heard me talk about it before and you actually want to see it or experience it, go ahead and come and join us there. It's uh, Monday at 3 p.m. in Cancun. So that will be fun. Yeah. Not, Cancun, really not Cancun, Mexico. I wish. <laughs> no, the Cancun room. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I'm really interested in the session because it's just, it's very fascinating to see because people lock in on certain styles of presentation and they're like, this is, this is the way, like I'm going to do a whole bunch of the same practice over and over again. And you can see when people do that in the session, that engagement just drops off. Um, So if you haven't checked out uh, Paul's books on like oxytocin, the oxytocin molecule, I think Mm -hmm. is the name of the book, uh, just a great read and stuff that you can instantly start applying, even if you don't have the sensors. I might just want to add that both Paul and Elliot that you mentioned earlier, Elliot Kotek, both of them provided input into our learning and future research. So 
uh, we're capitalizing on our that's right. They're friendships big, with them. Big friends of the family. They are. So yeah. it's, it's great a lot to have of friends those connections. We do. <laughs> we do. It's amazing. It's great. Which is great. Uh, and then I have one more session, which is about storytelling and storytelling for learning. So that's going to be really a hands-on workshop. I'm going to talk about why storytelling is so important and such a great tool for helping human beings learn things. And then I'll go through the... Um, through the structure about storytelling that I've been playing with and teaching for some time. And we, like I said, it'll be hands-on. So we will give people who come to that session the chance to play with our structure, with our framework, uh, start working on building a story that they can use in the learning events going forward. And Jake, if you're there, you, you won't be a Padawan. You will actually be a master because you will be able to be there and coach people in True. storytelling. So that one I will be a master. You'll yeah. be a master. So that would be great. I'll be the Padawan for that one. Well, I might need you to coach too. We'll see how many people show up. <laughs> because that's actually, so that's on on um, Tuesday at 2.45 p.m. in Fiesta 5. I know that that room holds 350 people. I doubt that 350 people are going to show up for that. But if they do, I might need you to help coach. Yeah, and that's very interesting because all the conference sessions we have, there's lots of complimentary. So there's, you know, a couple of VR sessions. There's a couple of storytelling sessions. Um, you know, so I think people have that opportunity to, well, what is this perspective on storytelling? Can I practice it? Can I do it? Because everyone's like, oh, you know, we, we tell stories all the time of the things that we do. But when you actually try to craft that story, it's really, really hard to do. And so having that opportunity to practice it, like when we did some of the early stuff with your framework, it was great. It was a good opportunity to kind of get your arms around how do you construct that story in a meaningful way. It is. And it will be, uh, it, it will be a lot of fun. We'll, we'll get very creative around that. So one one final thought. I I think we're wrapping this part up. Um, but one final thought to share is that, you know, we're fortunate to work in a innovation space. We actually submitted several other topics that we could have talked, to, <laughs> which would be each, each, equally as exciting and engaging. Uh, so we're just uh, we're glad that we can share so many different things with this group because we know that as we share out, it really refines the way that we understand how we can apply these different insights and technologies. Great. Yeah, and challenges are thinking a little bit, which is always great. Yeah, exactly. So that's a good transition point. We covered them all, right? I think we so. Did. We did. All of them? We did. Okay, yep. all right. So let's talk, uh, a number of us have been to this conference several times in the past, and there are some tricks and tips, and I think we all have ideas on how to make the most of this conference. So um, let's just popcorn those in. So first tip, I think the most beneficial thing about these Learning 2018 conferences is the networking. I've made great professional relationships with, uh, with a bunch of people in our learning industry. So my tip is take advantage of every chance you get to meet new people, have a quick discussion with them, take a picture of their cards so you can reach out to them later. No, it's all a, about the networking. That's a good one. And, you know, it doesn't have to be forced networking either. I think that's the – I struggle with that personally is just walking up to people and just having a conversation. But – the luxury of being in these sessions is, you know, when there's opportunities to dialogue and, and think is just to turn to her, whoever's nearby. And a uh, perfect example, uh, Michelle and I actually just had a conversation for the, someone the other day that I met last year. So it was, it's just, you kind of always keep them up on either if you have them on LinkedIn and you don't talk to them all the time, it, it's nice to just reach out whenever you can. So one of the insights that I have is if you pick up the program, and this is true not only of the Maisie Conference, but a lot of conferences, there's a ton of sessions. And when you start looking at it, you can very easily be overwhelmed at the program. 
And uh, so, first of all, I always make sure that I have a plan A, a plan B, and sometimes a plan C for which sessions I'm going to go to during any given hour. The way that I approached it this year, uh, and I've approached it similar ways in the past, but I take a look at kind of the overview. Usually there's a one-page that says these are all of the things that are offered during a specific time. And then I just cross off the ones that are not of interest at all, right? The titles have to be the first thing to grab me. If somebody doesn't have a creative title, they're probably not going to get much more attention. So then the ones that I've checked off, that usually narrows it down to four or five. Then I go in and I read the more in-depth summaries. And by reading those more in-depth summaries, then it it usually narrows it down to that one, two, and three. And if it turns out that... um, you know, I have a little extra time. I'll read some of the summaries of the other ones, just in case I'm missing something. But uh, that's kind of the way that I roll on that. So you eliminate things until you get to a set of finalists. It's the American Idol approach to selecting <laughs> yeah. sessions. Yeah, exactly. And if they have a digital copy of it, like the Maisie program has, I do keyword searches. So for all the priorities that we have and the things that we're focusing on and, you know, trying to crack the egg on, I search and see if anyone else is talking about those topics because that's another way to kind of cross-reference and see what things I might be interested in. And another related tip is don't be embarrassed. If you go into a session and it starts and it's not what you think it is, don't be embarrassed about sneaking out and going to find something else. I know most presenters kind of do a little caveat at the beginning that says, hey, that's fine. I know I do when I present here. So don't be shy about that. Make sure that you spend your time learning about things that really are going to benefit you. One tip that someone gave me a long time ago about attending conferences like this is always also look for something that's not necessarily in your wheelhouse, right? Go to a session that... Stole my tip. Oh, that was going to be... <laughs> pick it up, pick it up, Jake. Go for it. No, no, no. Go, keep going. Keep going. No, I was just going to say, because often what we do is we go to sessions that are directly related to our priorities or sessions that uh, we already have some background or some insight and in some cases we're trying to get validation that our approach is the right way or whatever Um, but by picking a topic that you either know nothing about or know very little about it can really expand your thinking and and you get to hear from experts in that I I think I think what I was going to expand on that too was that when you go into a session that you may think that yeah this is what I'm working on now I should go check it out you might be further along and then you come in, you're super disappointed. But my my actual tip, that was my side, my second tip. My actual tip is when you do go in these sessions, is that still go in with an open mind. Is that even though they may be behind you or doing something that you've already done before, try to have an open mind and, and somehow connect it to whatever you're working with. And there's probably something in there that you can you can find out. And again, maybe to Dana's point, there is an ABC. But if you got to your B or C, you're kind of just there. But there probably is something you could still learn, um, even if it's not, you know, totally in line with what you're doing. Yeah, and I think there's some of those sessions where you're like, oh, my gosh, this hour, like, why are all these amazing sessions right at the same time? (laughs) Yeah, right. Why? Why? So that's the opportunity to kind of go look at the app. So the Maisie Learning Conference has an app. A lot of conferences do. um, Or they'll have Twitter back channels that are running or something like that. So check and see, like, do they already have their resources posted? Did they write an article about it? Do they have a book and they're just speaking about that particular book topic? Because that will open the door for you to visit some of those sessions that are going to challenge your thinking or help you get to you know a a narrower list of things that you can check out okay so of course aside from just tips at the regular conference 
one of the best things about being together is being together and going out and having fun and exploring in other ways. And as learning professionals, I think we can learn about learning from pretty much anything we experience. So let's talk about... Uh, we have an example yeah. of that. <laughs> yes, right. Yeah. So we were, we were over at the Disney Marketplace and we saw a visual display. It was a, it was a projection up on the wall. And we started looking. We said, how did they do that? And so while everybody else is looking at the toys and the t-shirts, Michelle and, <laughs> Michelle and I are looking at the projectors in the ceiling and we're looking at the different things that were kind of uh, you know making that that particular display look attractive and then Jay came and he said well did you notice that that's not necessarily like a crisp image but it's really more for color and tone and so Mm. we all were just kind of evaluating this and we're thinking well how can we apply this in some of our facilities right yeah and they also were projecting on the ground which was really great because people were like oh i've I've got to set up a photo op in front of this space so it's like really great way for people to take pictures kind of show off the space all the stuff that they have um so there's some really cool ideas of course on that one we said gosh if we had that in one of our innovation labs whatever's being projected on the floor could be triggered with augmented reality. And so you yeah. can have, for example, our Bangalore Center, you could have, you could automatically have the whole Bangalore Tower right in front of you. You could walk around it, right? It could be triggered by the thing that's on the floor. Anyway, you can learn from anywhere. Yeah, and someday we'll have holograms, and then you can actually interact with all that, and it'll be good. And, yeah, that's super exciting. I think one of my favorite things about being here at Disney is just, one, you're at Disney. I mean, and... The thing that I learn is every time I come here, I try to learn more about the actual operations of it, as well as just I put myself into a kid again. So it kind of it kind of like every year I have this like uh, recycle or refresh of like, hey, I got to feel like a kid again. I know I have kids at home and sometimes and I should feel more like a kid all the time when I'm playing with them. Your crown looks very good on you. <laughs> it, you know, but again, it makes you feel that that sense of, OK, what can I do? differently when I come back. So I, I kind of use this opportunity to, again, feel like a kid again, feel like what can I do for more creative side? Because I just feel that there is so much creativity all around you whenever you step outside, especially within these walls that we're in. And now you know why I like to go to Disneyland and work when I'm On doing Fridays. some of these creative <laughs> products. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Not every Friday, folks, but every <laughs> once in a while. Field <laughs> trip to see I do. Yeah. So, okay. So, so a couple more quick tips. Um, we mentioned our topics about virtual reality, and I know there's going to be demos and things like that. If you want what I think is the best demonstration of applied virtual reality and an immersive experience, and you're here in Orlando, go to The Void at Disney Springs and go through the Star Wars Secrets of the Empire experience. I brought these three little stormtrooper rebel spies with me <laughs> through this last night, and we had an amazing time. It was great. I was really worried about, you know, because VR, there's always that motion sickness factor. Um, And you're wearing these backpacks with these VR goggles on and you are walking through an experience. So you, you know, you're picking up the the weapons you're going through and fighting. We call them blasters. It was great. (laughs) We call them blasters. blasters. (laughs) Get your terminology right. Exactly. (laughs) So uh, yeah, great, great experience. It, uh, I get motion sickness. I did not. You're, you're able to move around. It was, it's totally worth it. I think honestly, if you're gonna, that's a, a, a perfect entry. If you just want to explore VR and the potential, that's just an awesome. Yeah. Play. Plus, have fun. If you're here with a couple people, why not go there? It's not that bad. Yeah, for me, the experience. It's a 20 minute experience, and I was amazed at how fast it went. I, I it thought, was so quick. What well, well, we're done already. 
well, can we do another 10 minutes or 20 minutes or yeah. more? We're, we're researching. We need about an hour. Can yeah, we, that's right. We, now we need we to go through and do it without our goggles on so we can understand how you did it. But Dana, I know that we've been, you and I have been, I'm not sure about the other two of you guys, but we've been through the simulator that the Navy has up at the Great Lakes oh, Training yeah. oh, it's Institute, right? Oh, absolutely. Which is amazing. Yeah. So now imagine taking like the void technology yeah. and now that type of, of um, that type of experience becomes even more immersive. Yeah. It's very exciting to think about. Okay, so we're going to go ahead and wrap it up. I will say this. If, you're, if you are here local, I think we are probably going to try to hit Epcot on Monday night after the conference when it's all done. We're not skipping out on anything. It's work. First. Exactly. But we're going to go to Epcot on Monday night. We're going to go to the Magic Kingdom on Tuesday night because we found out that the Magic Kingdom closes early on Monday night. Come find us. Join us. Uh, if you run into us in the halls, definitely grab us and talk to us. And we look forward to reconnecting with you or meeting you for the first time. So with that, we will wrap up for now. Uh, on behalf of Jake and Dana and our geekette, Michelle, this is Bob. And thanks for joining us on Learning Geeks Podcast. Talk to thanks you again so. soon. Thanks. Thanks.